0: You're listening to Honey and Hustle, a video podcast that inspires the dreamers, creators, and hustlers to make a business from their passions. I'm Angela Hollowell, and I'm a visual storyteller based in Durham, North Carolina. I sit down with creative entrepreneurs, nonprofit founders, and small business owners as they share their stories, the lessons they've learned throughout their careers, and how they've worked to make a positive impact. Hey everyone, we are filming season three of the Honey and Hustle podcast live at the Durham Bottling Co. right in downtown Durham. We're about to get into a great conversation, but before we do that, I'd really appreciate it if you take a moment to share this episode with someone who you think might get some value from it. Feel free to tag me on the podcast on social media, and I'll be sure to put those links on the video and in the description below. If you're listening to the show, please consider leaving us a review on Podchaser. Apple Podcast or Spotify. It helps others find the show and lets me know how I'm doing at this video podcast thing. If you'd like to support the show, be sure to check out our affiliate links, shop our merch, and subscribe to the Honeypot newsletter and this YouTube channel, all at the links in the description. Without further ado, let's get into it. So, we met music uh-huh. obviously uh, concert, was a concert photographer still do that sometimes and you guys are incredible musicians to do it full-time yes Thanks. waking april everybody <laughs> um based here in raleigh north carolina so you guys this is also slash music talk slash couples therapy yes <laughs> exactly that's what we hired Especially you hearts. for <laughs> yeah yeah you definitely so we got wanna... some we got a
1: laundry list
0: <laughs> well before we get to that i do want to talk about like You guys met in high school. You guys were able to progress together, grow together, Mm -hmm. create together. Mm -hmm. What has that process been like since you guys met so young and have grown into the duo that is now looking at
2: I'll take it, yeah. Um, Okay, so we met when we were like 16, younger than that because when we started dating you couldn't drive on our Mm -hmm. dates and um
1: had a crush on you before we were dating
2: yeah yeah so here's the thing about like high school relationships and all that i love alex (laughs) very much and i would not tell anybody that like this is the way to go like you should marry your high school sweetheart because I think we got super lucky. We grew into compatible people. Uh Um, So there's that. I mean, when we started dating, you were in a high school band, and I was selling your merch. Mm -hmm. Uh Yeah. Um, So it's definitely been a journey. Like, we've just, I think we've just let each other, like, grow and change a lot. and, Mm -hmm. And that's been really healthy.
1: I think there was, like, a, a conversation we had in college at some point when we were together, and, like, I don't remember what it was about, but I think we were both just like, huh, neither of us are where we were before, you know, the way we grew up and everything, but we happen to be in the same spot now, uh-huh. so it was right. like, okay, I think this is going to this is gonna work, so that kind of, like, yeah. progression and everything like that, so. Okay. Yeah, I mean, just on the personal stuff, I think that's how that, that played out. Again, like, very, very lucky, very, very just serendipitous how we it's not just that we grew into compatible people it's also we like kind of grew at the same pace
0: yeah you know
1: and changed at mm-hmm. the same pace and so there was no like overnight like ah this is me now it was both of us kind of like
0: yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah which
1: again very very fortunate very lucky and i don't think yeah this mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a hard hard dice to roll mm-hmm.
0: so yeah but it worked out, and now you guys yeah. create music together. Mm-hmm. So what does that process start? Like, how did that conversation start? Like, hey, do you want to... <laughs> We've done
2: everything ass-backwards. like everything. So backwards. Because we, we... The conversation should go, like, wow, we're playing music together, and this is really fun. Maybe we should, like, perform or something. And instead, it was like... Let's be in a band together. Cool. I booked us a show. We have no songs. I mean, it's been like...
1: To, to be clear, <laughs> that was 100% me. I was like, okay. hey, Bethany, do you want to be in a band? And you were like, maybe I have some thoughts. I was like, great. You can tell them to me at rehearsal tomorrow. Right. We're doing this. And um, we don't have any songs. Like i write them. It doesn't matter. like, yeah, we'll, we'll
2: figure it out. For, Who cares about the music? For a long time, like I described our whole existence as like when you're when you're running out the door and trying to put your shoe on at the same time. Yeah, like, just that's kind how of a everything hop. felt. It was just like ah, yeah. how does this work? Yeah. Um. So yeah, we we started playing music together. Like. Booked a show, and we're like, oh, no, we have to write a bunch of songs. And it's sort of like for a long time was like catch up backwards weird. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, it, was
1: no, there was no concept. There right. was no like, That's hey, if we were to write a, be in a band, what would the music be like? It was really like my high school band fell apart because um, they do. Um, and I was, in a, I was playing bass for another band um, pretty regularly in college. And I was just like, "Oh, wait, um, this isn't quite right. Like, I still need to have my original thing."
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then I was like, "Hey, Bethany, do you want to do this together?" And she was like, I, th- "I don't think you said no with that first." No, I um, didn't say no.
2: No. I was... Um,
1: that was. Just, I remember. I remember us at one point saying, "Like, okay, we're dating. Let's never be in a band together."
2: Because that That's doesn't usually work.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. Uh, and then it was, that it was a house show. So it wasn't even, like, a big deal. It was just, like, they, I just had this conversation with somebody about a house, and they were like, hey, I want to do a house show. And I was like, cool, I'm in a band.
0: You <laughs> just hang out. Yes. Yeah. Um,
1: <laughs> so, yeah, like, there was no... So it was just a bunch of leftover songs that and genre from my high school band, which was pretty much, like, a um, emo rock band. Like, there wasn't a lot of... of What we sound like now is really far gone from what we started out was, because it was just, you know, pseudo riff rock that I had been sitting on and wanted to keep going. So
2: So really, Waking April as a band has been about four different genres, because, like, we started as bad and mm -hmm. then, you know, changed and changed and changed. And I would say... Not until, like, 2019, when we released Stretch, mm-hmm. did we really feel like we knew what our what our goal was and what our genre was. And even that was the first time that I felt like I'm excited about the music that we're making. Before that, I was just excited about the idea of being a professional musician. Like, yeah, that sounds great and fun. And playing any music is better than playing no music but it wasn't I wasn't in love with the music we were making until then
1: also I mean, this is kind of it's a, I make very long answers out of simple questions but um, part of it was like Bethany's major in college was extremely demanding
2: I was a piano major music major yeah. So I was having to practice, like, all the time.
1: She was t- literally 20 hours a week. She had, like, a log that she had yeah. to fill in addition to full-time classes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And um, so the kind of the n- negotiation we land on, landed on was, like, okay, well, I'll do... All I'm really going to ask out of you is, like, just show up to rehearsal, sing the songs, play your parts, whatever. And we, we were a full band at that point, so there was a couple other members. Mm-hmm. And... So I did all the songwriting, I did all the, um, the creative, I was kind of the creative director or whatever, and she was pretty much just sang some of the songs and played. We weren't like a co-reading like um, I didn't really have thing.
2: any creative input at the time, because I didn't have any creative energy at the time. Yeah. It just wasn't me. Yeah.
1: And then that, when, when that kind of iteration um, broke off, um, and it was, it was just the two of us suddenly, um, we kind of kept that model for a really long time um, just because that's, that's what was that's what we had been doing, and so like I wrote everything, and then taught, and then we had um, another member as well, and it was, it was that was my job, was I wrote everything. I wrote all the drum parts, I wrote all the synth parts, I wrote all the vocals, I wrote the lyrics, I wrote all the guitar parts. I just did just wrote everything. Um, and part of why I think um, Stretch was so important when it came out is because the first time I was like I, I wrote the thing, and then Bethany was like no let me let me take a stab at the uh, the melody mm-hmm. and the lyrics and she did and it was great and it was I th- like you're saying like it's kind of the first time it was like it feels like your your fingerprints were actually on a thing yeah.
0: um,
1: so that's kind of a <laughs> I think it's been we were, we were the old way for so long I think it's been kind of hard to, figure out how to be um, prolific Mm -hmm. with the duo writing. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's kind of where we are now, and it's a lot better than it was, for sure.
0: So you said a word, prolific, which Mm -hmm. is now that people are trying to monetize their writing, whether that's solo writing, whether that's writing for Twitter, writing blogs, content writing for organizations and Mm -hmm. stuff like that, Mm -hmm. and um, outlets. In a lot of ways, people are trying to become prolific writers and making their mark in that space with, you know, clever alliterations and just really approaching the writing process differently and how they disseminate their work differently. Mm. So during the pandemic, obviously, the music industry was, I mean, just like. Oh,
1: it was really fun to be a musician. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, every day I'd wake up and I'd be like, I am so glad I chose to be a professional musician with my life during this pandemic. This is just so great.
0: Worst time for a musician, and so it, it kind of. I don't even want to use the word pivot because I feel like. So much like there's pivoting, but then there's like, okay, where are we gonna pivot to? Hmm. Right? Yeah. It's a pirouette, is what it is. <laughs> you're just a dancing ballerina. You're just standing you're just spinning still, around. spinning around. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's like you, you can't just say, oh, just pivot to do something else. Yeah. It's yeah. like no, like an adjustment is gonna have to be made, and I'm gonna have to make some decisions uh, uh-huh. about what this is it gonna look like until it's safe for me to get back to doing things the way that I was doing mm-hmm. things and approaching the creative process the way it was and finding motivation at a time where it's very very hard Mm -hmm. to be motivated and very very hard to kind of believe that there's an end in sight even now in february Mm -hmm. 2022. so what has your process been like since the pandemic now that you you guys are living together you guys are married now Mm -hmm. and you're like okay like we have a system that we want to continue, want to grow, but we don't really have a test audience all the time um, that we can just tap into, like, at a mm. show or at a totally. house show where people can give us direct feedback on what yeah. they're thinking and we can learn and grow from there. Like, what is your approach been during the pandemic to the creative process?
1: It's very interesting uh, because I um, – it just the way the, the kind of cards fell is um, we – 2019 we really stretched in a couple other songs we kind of found our foot and we're like oh oh okay this is the genre we are this is how we're going to do things this is what we sound like mm-hmm. um and translating that to the live show uh there's only two of us and we try um you know we're electro pop we're, we're synth pop so there's a lot of a lot of sound mm-hmm. that happens um but it's just the two of us and we try not to lean on backing tracks too much um outside of just drums so uh it's a lot of effort to kind of find that balance between like okay, what are, we don't want to play karaoke, but we also want to have the full sound, all that stuff. So there's a lot of math that goes into just the actual live show, and a lot of tech that goes into a live show. And that's what that's where our focus was for most of uh, 19, 2019. 2019. Um, after yeah. 20, yeah. And we were gearing up to go on a tour in 2020. Um, and we had just put so much effort into the live show, making it slick, making it um, efficient.
2: Energetic and exciting. Like, yeah, we solving really, all these problems. We really put so much energy mm-hmm. into the live show. And then when 2020 hit, it was like, it felt like all of that was like, not pointless, mm-hmm. but like, obviously not something that we could use.
1: Yeah. And so, yeah, it was like, like you are saying, saying pivot and adjustment. It's like, It wasn't just like, oh, oh, we don't get to go on on the live show. It was also like, that's literally where we've been putting all of our
0: Mm -hmm. energy
1: for the past, like, 18 months. And we didn't have a bank of songs that we could go record. We didn't have a, we weren't working towards a big, you know, amount of uh, streaming content or anything like that. It was all about the live show. And so I think it took us longer than maybe other artists to kind of figure out what to do during the quarantine, because...
0: I'll
2: say, also, like, I was so amazed with um, some of the artists that I saw just, I mean, not to use the word pivot, but just be so creative with what mm-hmm. they were doing yeah. in their with their time, with their resources that they had, and I was really amazed by some of the stuff that I saw. For us, personally, like, we did a couple of livestream concerts... Which are fine, but hmm. at the end of the day, very weird because you kind of just feel like you're playing music in your living room. I, I like...
1: added an applause track <laughs> after every song. So it was just like, you know, we were done with the song and I hit this button and people go,
2: woo! Oh, <laughs> oh my god, oh. thank, thank you. you. Thank
1: you. Thank you. You're so kind. So it's <laughs> okay.
2: Like creatively, again, like that whole idea of creative energy, I felt so zapped. Like I had no creative energy mm-hmm. and. Something that I had to tell myself over and over again in the really, really depressing parts of 2020 before there was a vaccine available or anything was like, it's, we're all collectively living through this really traumatic thing. And it is okay to not feel like all this creative energy just because you have time on your hands Mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you have to be super creative. Like, you know, you would see people posting like motivational things like, well... Now you have the time to do X, Y, Z. And if you don't do it, then you never really wanted to. And I was like, that's not true because you have time, but you're just, like, surviving. Yeah. You know? e-
1: existing burned a lot more calories than yeah. before. And also, so, I will say, like, we, um, we are full-time musicians, but we part of that income base is we teach piano lessons. Mm-hmm. And I'm very, oh, so very, very grateful we were able to do this. But um, we had taught piano lessons on Zoom. No. Um, instead of in person. And so I mean, we would split into different rooms in our tiny little townhouse and could hear each other. Um, <laughs> and internet was always spotty and, and whatever. But So we were able to do that, but it's like that was... We were teaching, and there was nothing else to do. And teaching over Zoom was so, so exhausting. Because yeah. um, teaching, I mean, one-on-one by itself is pretty... Uh, uh, energy. Intense. Yeah, it's 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 pretty draining. Yeah. Um, but then doing it on on Zoom when it's like, okay, I'm out of my element. I'm out of. My, I don't know. My, I don't know this move set. Plus, I'm dealing with technology that's not reliable. Plus, like, I literally cannot hear if you're playing. Uh, dynamics right now because the technology is not there, and the, yeah. the only reason we're doing this is because there's a pandemic, and then it's like that whole stress, like all the time. So, I feel so like yeah, very zapping, very, very tiring.
2: Draining on your ears, draining yeah. on your musical energy, your creative energy. The point being, it took us a while to find our footing, but we ended up recording a batch of songs in mm-hmm. 2020. And the only like good thing I feel like for us in all of that was that. It did sort of force us to realize what we were able to do on our own, because we were not planning on doing this, but we recorded those songs in our townhouse. We made a recording booth out of our closet. We we just like DIYed a whole bunch of stuff and then sent it over to um, an cool. engineer.
1: Yeah, Xover Studios.
2: Xover Studios to like mix and master everything. Um, and I didn't know we could do that mm-hmm. until we had to. Mm-hmm. So that was cool. Um, and I do feel like we got to, within the past few months, we've been able to refine our writing process.
1: Yeah, it's, again, we always do everything backwards, right? right? So we, for 2020, it was so, like, we were so hurt by the fact that we couldn't do live shows. It felt like we were still just trying to find opportunities to do that we did live streams, like you said. We also played um, at uh, A
2: drive-in the theater. drive-in theater in um,
1: what's the town? Henderson. Henderson. Uh, and yeah, so like we've kept trying to find opportunities to play, right, instead of just buckling and recording. And now, literally right now, what we're doing is uh, instead of focusing on the live show this year, uh, we're doing a bunch of recordings, um, which is almost a guarantee that everything's going to open back up and be fine. Um, you're welcome. welcome. Yes, you're welcome. That's that's our (laughs) gift to the world. So, yeah, I really, I really do feel like we're we're on a kick right now where our uh, creative roles are not only defined but also like being implemented, and we're kind of holding each other to account and like meeting deadlines and and all this stuff. Where because it is it, it is slightly less exhausting to exist right now. Okay. Uh, so I really feel like we have the the energy to do that.
2: Okay. Yeah. Real, yeah, I mean, this is so much more of an answer than you wanted, but...
1: <laughs> we like to talk.
2: I, I also, we realized, and we talked a lot about the idea of doing things in seasons. So, you know, we had that season where we were really focusing on the live show. We've been in a season of recording and writing. Um, and so just, like, recognizing that it's okay to focus your energy in one place... And if some things aren't getting as much attention as maybe they should, like, okay, well, this is just for a season. We can turn to that in a little bit and make sure that we're spending time and energy on the Mm live show Yeah,
0: whatever. Yeah, for sure. So you guys are both full-time. Did you guys immediately go into full-time musicianship after graduating college? Mm -hmm. How was that? Hard. Okay. Uh, We
1: we, we, We both have similar journeys, but actually pretty pretty different in execution. So.
2: so I my degree is in piano pedagogy specifically, which is teaching piano. Um, and right after college, I got a job working at a private school teaching piano lessons and stayed there for a couple of years. But I've always been... I was originally more heavy on the teaching side okay. um, and have recently sort of found that balance of, like, doing that and being able to perform. Because when I was working at that private school, like, I had to be there at, like, 8 a.m. and...
1: It's not a time for us spoke.
2: Well, at some Can point, you know, I was like, hang on. I did not get a music degree and decide to be a professional musician so that I could have a, you know, 7 a.m. commute every day. Like, this yeah. was not what I intended. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, um...
1: Yeah, yeah I remember, I, I remember that, that, con- the, the day... You decided to quit.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I was like, we did. We just ran the numbers, and we were just like, oh, oh, yeah, no, you don't this need to. You don't need to be doing not this. Not
2: financially yeah. worth it as I thought it Yeah,
1: was. and you were. Oh my god, you were just <laughs> yeah. back to your old ways as soon. It was mm-hmm. great. Um, so my thing was I. <sighs> I have an English literature degree, okay. um, and it is the most uh, mediocre white guy attitude. I was like, oh yeah, I can teach piano lessons, too. Uh, well, I will <laughs> say, <laughs> oh God,
2: <laughs> in your defense, Alex's <coughs> parents are both fabulous professional musicians and piano teachers, and his dad is the dean of fine arts at the college where I went. And So it's not like you had no experience well, yeah, I had no. I had no experience. I, had experience. I was had a lot of exposure. I was around exposure it. Exposure yeah. to it. Okay.
1: I just the bravado of just like yeah,
2: I mean too. I can probably do that.
1: Um, and she does charge more than me. I'll have you know. Um, so
2: <laughs> well, I have a degree, so <laughs> so. This
0: is uh, into so many things. Right?
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so I popped out of college, and I found myself in an extremely uh, fortunate. Um, living situation where I was I was living at home um, through my second two years of college to save money for, on boarding mm-hmm. and stuff, so um, I didn't have a lot of school debt or any school debt. And I found a cheap 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 situation. I was living with like how mm-hmm. it was four humans and five cats, mm-hmm. two bearded dragons, two leopard geckos, and a colony of Madagascar hissing cockroaches. That's was the cool. was the lineup. I don't know
0: about that.
1: Yeah. All and and I'm not gonna, gonna say me. where it was because I just remembered that we were never allowed to have pets. So if the landlord ever yeah
2: maybe the <laughs> <department> complex.
1: <laughs> we called it the cave.
2: Um, because it had very few weapons. very, very
1: bad uh, lighting. So yeah, I um someone was moving out and I slipped in and I was friends with everybody and it was. It was just. It was like you know, rotating the door of characters and stuff, and it was, it was a really good time. But anyway, the point is like, it was very cheap. It was very cheap, okay. and I was able to um, do the whole music thing because my overhead was just so low. I started teaching a couple of students here and there, and then I started playing um, side gigs
2: yeah. a
1: lot. Um, did a lot of church
2: money. music. Mm-hmm. did a So lot I. Of side I, gigs. I
1: even even though Waking April's been around for a long... Most people who have seen me perform have seen me play bass. Okay. Um, just because that, that was my bread maker first. So. Bread
2: maker? Bread winner?
1: Bread what, bre- That's a maker. thing. Money
2: maker? What money you bread maker? I'm going
1: to say bread maker. I like it. That was my bread maker with okay. which I made bread. And by bread, I mean...
2: Money. Money. That was my
1: money breading... <laughs> so they were the panko uh, breadcrumbs, breadcrumbs nice. to my... It doesn't matter. Anyway, I played a lot of bass for money. Okay. Um played with um, an artist named Jason Adamo, who's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he was at the, um, the Delta Ratio.
2: Okay.
1: Yeah. Uh, but
2: you always said after college that you never wanted to get a full-time job because you knew, job. you knew that you could not ever... Yeah. Not do that. And I had other...
1: Like, you know, I came up to doing, like, restaurant stuff, and I was a barista for a really long time, and um, when that kind of ended, and I started teaching, I was still in college, and I was just like, okay, if I go back to part-time work or part-time jobs, I'm never going to leave that,
2: mm-hmm. um, just because...
1: There's security there. There's all this stuff. And I was just like, I'm going to try to not need to.
2: Yeah. And, and so far, you
1: haven't needed to. So far. Um, <laughs> uh, but t- teaching is a, big, is a big reason why. Um, just because the volatility of uh, live stuff is like, and I could talk about this forever, but it's like when you actually break down the hours um, and the money you get from like a bar gig or something, which is nice paying you're making yeah. a couple hundred bucks a head. Um, for three or four hours of music. But then, you know, it's an hour of travel and then it's an hour of, you know, load in and all this stuff. And you kind of break mm-hmm. it down. It's like, oh, that's like a six to eight hour day yeah. mm-hmm. for maybe a hundred something dollars. And it's like, that's not actually that much. much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there's no consistency with right. it either. So, um, but all that to say, I was able to do that. And uh, like you said, I played for a lot of churches, played for a lot of artists, played for us, and played for... Um, I guess that's it. Yeah, anything. that was yeah, pretty much anyone or anything. Um, and yeah, and then, so it's just kind of been like a balance with. I started teaching more, and really recently, I've been like, oh, I don't think I should spend as much time doing the um, side gig stuff cause it's because it's so.
2: Of all that stuff that you just mentioned.
1: Yeah. So. Yeah.
2: I will say, imp- imposter syndrome is something that I have struggled with a lot, and. Something I've come to realize is, like, making it as an artist, as a musician, you don't ever feel like you've made it. You feel like you are constantly making it. Mm. And it's like, you know, like I said, like, oh, so far you haven't had to get a real job. And I think that I will always feel like that no matter how stable we get in our music making career. Mm. It's always just kind of like, so far this is working.
0: Yeah. Let's keep doing it. Yeah. Um, it's very weird. Yeah. Yeah. So a couple of things here. Yes. You mm-hmm. said you crushed the numbers. The first thing you did before quitting your job was like, is this financially viable for me to continue uh, doing in light of what I would like to be putting energy and effort and time towards? Mm-hmm. And once you ran the numbers, you're like, OK, I am ready to make the leap, even if it means making a temporary pay cut while I make up this money mm-hmm. that I've been losing. Um, that was number one. The second thing that you said was, well, he had he's never had a real job, or he never had to be a real not job. Not a full time yeah, not like a grown up job, I guess.
2: Yeah. Are you not, not the... grown ups? Oh that's a complicated question. Oh no. No. I don't feel
0: that's like fair. one for sure. Yeah. I look twenty, so I mean I can't even lie, but <laughs> like but I'm just saying like yeah. there is this still even now, even among I would say musicians, athletes, people who are just paid when they get to a certain level obscene amounts of money. Yeah. That you know, it's still not a real job. It's like a, you know, it's like a thing you do for a while, while the money is good, and then even if you do make it, it's like such a small uh, percentage of people that you really shouldn't try. And it's like, well, okay, yeah, there are people that are at that top level of the food chain in terms of creating and being an athlete and that sort of thing, but there are also people who are like. Mid career, like mid level people who are making mm-hmm. a living on it and don't ever have to get that big because they make enough to have the life that they want. Yeah. And so, in that sense, it's not a career. Um, and if it, and you well. left it a real job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, and So it's like I don't I know. Don't I don't know. And don't as think.
2: you're saying that, I do kind of feel like that makes it sound like I'm like, oh, being a musician isn't a real job. And and I don't mean that. That's how I feel personally, and I see people doing exactly what you're talking about, making career, making, you know, making a living out of it, which I would call a career, and I'm so impressed by that. Um, it's, I think that it is absolutely worthwhile work because it's contributing to society in such an important
0: way, what do people do over the pandemic? They stream their favorite artists. Exactly. They watch right. Netflix. They exactly. watch YouTube.
1: I think the I think the the real job thing is like you know, pure, Puritan capitalist uh, <laughs> right terminology. The word, yeah. the word should be typical.
2: Yeah. It's not
1: yeah. a typical job. Not a typical and job. whether that's like, you know, at an office or, you know, corporate, whatever, or working at a restaurant or, you know, in the, the typical ways people make money. Right. Um, I don't think, I think the real job thing is like, you know, that's my, yeah. that's my that's my anxiety yeah. that's, my, yeah. that's my that's the yeah, yeah. there's some
0: anxiety behind like being a full-time creator because yeah it, you know you can have a certain level of stability and that like your bills are paid and stuff mm-hmm. but then, like the floor could drop out at any minute and we're mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. okay the road, you know, to the road a little bit here. you know I <laughs> didn't,
1: I didn't think we were gonna go this trial but it's interesting <laughs> I I'm always fascinated by um like generations and where things where like cultural events and historical events hit generations. And like, so like we're, we're on the younger side of of millennials. And so the financial crisis in 2008 and 2009 hit us, or at least I won't speak for you, but for me, it was like, it hit right when I was in high school kind of making some decisions about like, okay, what do I want to do with my life? Where do I want to go to school, mm-hmm. um, blah, 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 blah. And I, I just, I remember seeing my my good friend's dad who had a good job at IBM, five kids, stay-at-home mom, homeschool family. Exactly, that's the reaction, right? This yeah, right. this used to be a thing yeah. that you could do yeah. um, and Lost a job. Lost a job because some uh, jackoffs in some jabronis on Wall Street fucked around with uh, some, like, bubbles. And it's like, I don't understand. Like, I don't understand how any of that worked. I did not vote for any of the policies that led to that. And also, there's no guarantee that that won't happen again. Because
2: your friend's dad did everything right. He did
1: everything right. And then his wife had to start working at Chick-fil-A.
0: Yeah.
1: And there's nothing wrong with Chick-fil-A. A. love Chick-fil-A. Well, there's some stuff wrong with Chick-fil-A. There's some serious stuff wrong with Chick-fil-A. My point is, it was like, like, going back to the real job, it's like, oh, even if you do everything right stuff completely out of your control can just completely fuck you over
0: like so you might as well been, just do the thing yeah i feel like mm-hmm. even having a typical job or a real job is like there is a certain level of uncertainty there because you really don't have stakes over how much you get paid mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when you get a raise if you get a raise mm-hmm. if you're going to get fired if you don't get fired um
1: especially in right
0: to work states yeah so just kind of like i mean like there's a certain level of uncertainty there you just know that if you show up while you are employed you're going to get a check and you're going to get benefits and uh-huh. your yeah. taxes are going to be taken care of for you and all these other things so it's like there is a certain level of I would say stability and a lack of responsibility that you have Interesting. in yeah. terms of like mental responsibility mm-hmm. to really be aware of like what's happening mm-hmm. with your position yeah. and, and your space in that in that organization mm-hmm. whereas with being a full-time creator being a full-time entrepreneur owning a business running a product-based business of some kind, it's like, you're aware of everything. You're aware yeah. of where every dollar goes. You're aware of all your clients. Mm. You're aware of all your overhead. All, mm-hmm. You know, every dollar. But then you have something, you know, like, I just know that if I show up, I'm going to have food on my table for my five kids. My wife won't have to work. Yeah, Our right. mortgage is going to be paid. Things are going to be fine. And mm. then one day it's like, well, where's the money going to come from? Right. How, yeah. how am I going to make that money? And mm-hmm. if you're never really in a position where you've had to think about, where is this money truly coming from? I think it makes it harder for people who maybe were on that mid to senior level that did get like the rug pulled under them at that time. And now they're like, what am I supposed to do? Mm-hmm. I've never had to think about it now. Yeah. Whereas people who have had their reverse happen where they've had that, and not if I were a part-time something where they were like, OK, I've done that. And then now I'm aware of like where my money comes from and the things that I can do to help myself mm-hmm. have a better chance of generating income. Now it's like if something happened, like the pandemic, if I had to get a regular job again, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, I or personally, yeah, <laughs> regular people, Um Even before I tried to rebalance my work, you know, between teaching and performing. Regardless, I kind of have always known that I wanted to be an entrepreneur because I, I maybe am too much of a control freak or whatever, but I, I, I do like to be like in charge of my own schedule, in charge of my own responsibilities, mm-hmm. and. You know, I just don't like being told what to do, kind of. So. Um, <laughs> um, but, yeah, yeah, it's definitely that thing where you're, like, you're aware yeah. of everything, mm-hmm. and there's certainly good and bad things about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, all of the typical things you hear about with small business owners and, like, compartmentalization and work-life balance and whatever. That? Is that no. exist? What is the saying? <laughs> um, if
1: you find something you love, you will work harder than anybody else yes. to make it financially viable. That's yeah. that's what...
0: Yeah. Exactly. And put in eight hours a week like it's normal. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. small things. Small things.
1: Yes. Well, in unpaid hours, too. Yeah. That's That's the juicy stuff. Yeah. That's the good stuff. Yeah.
2: yeah. Yeah. But at the end of the day, wouldn't want to be doing anything else.
1: Yeah. And I've thought about, like, okay, what else could I what I do? What else, you know, if I yeah. took a drink career path, path? And it's literally just, like, I'm not good enough at anything else like I kind <laughs> of put I kind of put a lot of eggs in one basket. basket yeah and so
0: but there's nothing to be said about going all in on it and mm-hmm. not really leaving yourself space for a plan B because I feel like when you leave yourself an out when mm-hmm. things get hard you're going to take it mm-hmm. yeah you know, when you get uncomfortable you're going to take that out like oh, I can always go back yeah, yeah. and yeah.
1: that's the best part like I knew that about myself that's part mm-hmm. why I didn't didn't let myself do that um coming out straight out of college yeah
2: yeah. I mean, part of me leaving that original job I had was that we sat down together and not just ran the numbers, but we we did what you call a bubble chart, which is like deciding, you know, what's my what's my end goal here? What do I actually want to be doing? And I don't know if you remember that conversation. And I said the thing that I really, really wanted was freedom mm-hmm. to to travel, to make my own schedule, to, to just do what I wanted. Yeah. And working backwards and saying, OK, how do I get there? And the choice that was right in front of me was you have to leave this job uh, if you want that freedom yeah. mm-hmm. one day. So, yeah.
1: and the cool thing, I don't know if you've ever done anything similar to this, but that, that exercise of like, here's the top thing, here's what I actually want, and then, blah, 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 and then you end it with a choice you can make like today or tomorrow or whatever. Yeah. And usually, if you look at it and you're like, hmm, this seems really daunting, it's because whatever you put up top is not what you actually want to do. Yeah. And which is also very good to go through, you know, it's like, oh, that's actually, I'd rather prefer security to, to freedom or whatever. Yeah. So, it's a good little thing. I should do one. <laughs> <laughs>
2: To do everyone's job, yeah. just make so sure. I am the,
1: still... the most projecty about like life advice and everything. Just like, oh, you should do this. You should just Do it. I do it? No, no. I just, I just uh, sweat at night and can't sleep.
0: Okay. That's what I do.
1: So, <laughs> I just sweat at night.
0: Christ. Okay. Christ. So, as musicians, you said you guys kind of have down or have talked about waking everyone now that you guys kind of settled on your style, settled on the dynamic that you guys have now mm. as the creators. So what's next for Waking April? I I'm so excited. The album about me, you know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited about it. <laughs> um, actually, I okay. talk, talk too much.
2: Well, um, no, you don't. But uh, the album, we are, we are writing and haven't started recording yet, but we will be recording a full-length album. I'm super excited because it's the first full-length album we've done. We've done some EPs and some single releases. And this is the first time that we are doing a full-length album, and part of the creative process that we've been working through has come about because of this. Because I said going into the album, if we want it to be ten to twelve songs, I wanted to write twenty and have you know things that we could edit out. Um, Which
1: means Alex, go write twenty ideas.
2: <laughs> yes, go. because you're the idea go. person, and then I come in. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but the songs that have come out of that, I'm like, I'm so excited because I don't feel like any of them are obvious cuts. You like know, I don't what? feel like, obviously we're not gonna make a 20 song album, but yeah. I don't feel like any of them are like stinkers. My
1: mom hasn't even said that about her children.
2: <laughs> 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 Aww, Jesus, like your mom is lovely.
0: <laughs>
2: um, but yeah, I'm super excited about it. It's it's cool uh, I don't know what else to say let me
1: talk about it <laughs> yeah it's it's. I'm, I'm excited about it like we, we're we still in the process you know and we're kind of demo thing, demoing things out mm-hmm. um, which is because of the nature of the music our song writing process involves recording uh, just because there's a lot of like Sound it's not design. yeah the design yeah the, the what what synthesizers we're using what sounds we're using what kind of
2: drum tracks
1: yeah it's it's pretty involved it's not just like okay here's the bones of the song on acoustic guitar and then we'll go to the studio it's like the the it takes a while it's just a lot of craft Mm -hmm. um and so that's part of why we've never really been like able to crank stuff out Mm -hmm. um but uh yeah i i'm i'm really liking the way everything's sounding and um we know we're going to be it's not just going to be us. We're going to be pulling in some some third parties and. Um, well,
2: Alex has produced everything that we've put out so far. So we're gonna we're looking into hiring a producer for this. Yeah, actually, we've
1: always we've always done uh we've always engineered outside of our own studio. Um, but this time we're gonna actually have a, a producer. Yeah. Um, and that's gonna be good. And yeah, I and mean, we're not we're not <laughs> we're trying to learn from our mistakes. Uh, we're not doing any kind of release date or any kind of promo work until yeah. it's like, done. things are actually done. But we are. That's going to be happening at some point this year, um, but in addition to that, we're also going to spit out a couple of other releases, kind of unrelated to the album. We have a song recorded last year we're going to finally release. Mm-hmm. We're working on a um, fully fleshed out cover um, that we kind of teased. I'm not going to tell you what it is. Okay, oh,
2: no. it's pretty. Yeah, it's, it's pretty obvious. <laughs> um, but.
1: Uh, and you know, there's a couple, couple other recordings. Hopefully, some collaborations and remixes and stuff like that. Just kind of keep things. Um, yeah. yeah, just keep, keeping, keeping releasing um, up until the album kind of gets doubled down. And then we're also uh, we're working on tours again, and just kind of going up and down the East Coast. And nice. we've kind of over the past few years, we've kind of discovered a few markets that we really want to work on and develop. And so the Atlanta, uh, DC, and New York, and um, really? Philadelphia.
0: Oh, Philadelphia, so if you're in these cities, what Love they're saying is, go see them at a show, hook them up, hook them up with some shows, some So Far Sounds. Totally. Yeah, right. yes, 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 yes. That, that, mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, uh, so you do get yeah. like So Far Sounds. Okay, that was a gut check. <laughs> yes, yeah. <That> okay. <laughs> okay. yeah, so we've
2: done a couple So Far games. We've done, like, one in Raleigh. One
1: in Raleigh, uh, yeah, Raleigh. two in D.C. We've
2: done um, one in Philly. hmm We've gone to one in New York. Yeah. I mean, I think they're great, especially for touring artists. Such a great way to get you in front of people who really love and care about Mm -hmm. music. Yeah. Um, And those
1: are fun, too, when we, uh, because sometimes we'll we'll do a strip set. And break everything down I mean, well, uh, just without like,
2: that acoustic,
0: guitar. yeah.
1: And then it's, it's very interesting when people have, have either seen us or then go see us yeah. live because it's just so very different, different yeah. uh, different interpretations of the songs. So just, yeah. that's kind of that's
0: that was kinda literally neat. my thought. I was like, so far, sounds are such a great place to like strip down a set, yeah, just give it to get people wrong, just kind of see how they react. Yeah, I feel like I've uh, even like bigger artists, I feel like that's kind of what they have done in the past, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I really love seeing that. Not that you guys aren't bigger artists, but it's also just kind of like. Even during the pandemic, you kind of see how like all these people who put on this pedestal and they go up in front of these big crowds. There's mm-hmm. still these people who like at some point sat on their couch, wrote a song. Totally. Yeah. They you were know, like, "I just want to put this out there, mm-hmm. and this is not going to stop me." Especially now that I have the money to maybe produce something mm-hmm. remotely. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: I do feel like the DIY recordings are so big now, and like because you, you just can. Yeah. What if somebody at some point said like. Um, the laptop is the folk instrument of our generation. You know, because <laughs> everybody has everybody them. has, and, and, and I mean, like there's there's, there's great laptop, recording right? software for free that you can just yep. record stuff. Um, yeah. So
2: and I, I will also say about SoFAR and those kind of stripped down acoustic sets something that we we always try to keep in mind with our songwriting even with all of the sound design and the drum tracks is like the bleep
1: bloops is what they're technically referred to as
2: it has to be a good song at the end of the day it has to just be a good song and something that i realized in writing these lyrics is like i have to believe what i'm singing we we met doing musical theater i can pretend to believe in what i'm singing but it's not a <laughs> it's not good okay, that's right. so doing those acoustic sets i i actually really love doing them because i think it's fun to just mm-hmm. kind of strip it back and be like this is what the actual song is about also
1: every every now and then we'll do an acoustic thing and i'm just like this could be every
2: day mm-hmm. could just because it's way more simple it's just so not that it's easier because i have deep respect for amazing acoustic guitar players and stuff um not that it's easier but it is it's a lot less gear it's less (laughs) technology that you're relying on yeah
1: it's a lot like a lot less uh laptops um that could break
0: Okay.
1: yeah or ipads that could get smashed well that happened that did happen
0: (laughs) still haven't fixed (laughs) it
2: not yep. or anything. Not no, it's <laughs> fine
1: it's fine it's
2: our fault for not putting a case on it really
1: that's ah, victim blaming <laughs>
0: okay <laughs> that's a beautiful note to end <laughs> on uh, if i didn't already say it this is waking april bethany and alex thank you guys so much for joining thanks me. thanks for today. having thank us for having us this is yes. so fun how can they find you if they want to check out the new album when you release it please. uh
1: facebook instagram um instagram more than facebook uh Spotify. So far, we'll see how. Uh,
0: <laughs> that's, yeah, I
1: don't have time. Um, but yeah, that's that's usually the the main culprits of what we release, and we're gonna to try to do some more music videos and stuff, and kind of build our our YouTube roster as well. But
2: but mostly we're on Instagram as Waking mm-hmm. April. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank um, you guys so much. Check
0: them out. Instagram Waking <laughs> April. <laughs> you good.